working with conflicting ideas and bringing out the best in a project, never just splitting the difference, is the center art form of color correction. Finding ways to run a room, that's the art that takes a lifetime to master. That was Brian Smaller from world-renowned color house Company 3. Brian was the youngest artist to date to join their ranks and is now among some of the biggest names in the business. Since joining Company 3, Brian has worked on some of the biggest commercials, movies, and music videos and entertainment, collaborating with the likes of Kanye West, Justin Bieber, and brands such as Oakley, Adidas, Pepsi, and Ram Trucks. Welcome to Real Drive, produced by Step Studios. Welcome back, guys. This week, we got a very special guest and a good friend of ours named Brian Smaller, colorist at Company 3 here in LA. I have to say, of, of all the colorists I've gotten to work with, Brian, you've been my favorite person to collaborate with. So kudos to you there. And we've been lucky enough to work together a ton, not only on projects through Stepped, but some of my personal projects as well. And you've become sort of a close friend to our group of filmmakers. And I'm really excited to, to chat with you today and give everyone a little bit of behind the scenes look into what you do over there. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I've been excited to be a part of the STEP team for how long has it been? Has it been two years, three years? Yeah, I was, I was looking up today, like sort of which projects. And I think you've done over like 30 or 40 projects with STEP over the past three or four years. You know, you obviously do a ton of our Oakley work, Columbia, Discover Card, Geico, Real Madrid, Natural Light. I was going through the list. It's, we've done a bunch of shit together, man. It's been fun. And for a colorist, that has been super exciting to be a part of projects where I get to exercise a huge variety of looks to support a huge variety of brands. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. It's been it's been a sweet collaboration so far, and I'm excited to just share more of your process with everyone else. You know, we've gotten to witness some of it firsthand, but. You mentioned like last year doing upwards of 300 music videos, like almost That's a music right. video a day. What, what's your normal day look like? How many hours are you working and how many days a week are you working out of curiosity? So here's how it's broken up is I have a features team, a television team, and a short form team. And a typical day, I'll be working on maybe five projects. So not all these are long sessions. Some of them are shorter sessions where I might be either addressing notes or I might be coloring pickups. But usually my schedule will first look like about five projects. That'll include music videos, that'll include feature work, and the whole gamut. So in a single day, I'll cross these disciplines many times, which means while you, it would be easy for you to imagine that I'm sitting in a dark room for 15 hours a day, and while that's largely the case, in practice, it actually is me sitting in a dark room and then sprinting through the hallway to find the next dark room where they have the next project open. So in a single day, I can jump into a theater, work on a movie, run into a bay, have clients in there working on a music video. Then I might run over and look at an issue that they might be having on a television show. Then I run over into another room and it's a virtual where the clients are in Japan, they're in India, they're in New York, they're all over the world and they can see what I'm doing. And while I'll have multiple rooms that I'll work in in any single day, working on a myriad of projects keeps my energy high and it keeps my creativity flowing as well. Yeah, it must be nice to have a lot of variety. I think that can always keep sort of like your inspiration and motivation going, not being bogged down on the same stuff. And and obviously we've collaborated a lot on the short form and commercial side, but I'd love to hear more about 
what your experience has been on some of these bigger film and television opportunities that I know is a passion of yours and you love telling stories. And recently you've gotten to work on what Harley Quinn, Six Underground, Narcos, whole bunch of amazing shows and films. What's that been like to sort of like work with Hollywood's elite? I know you guys are sometimes collaborating with multiple colorists in the building. What can you talk about? Like how, how do those bigger films get tackled? You know, like A-level Hollywood films and what's it been like to have the opportunity to work on some of those projects? So up until recently, I used to describe that in the feature world, I had big roles on small films and small roles on big films. And while it's less clear right now, as I'm starting to be the principal artist on bigger films, the films that we just described right there are films where myself and Company 3 CEO and founder Stefan Sonnenfeld have collaborated on. And so on like a really big movie like that, Stefan is the king and he'll work on a bunch of these projects and he'll look to me to help him on these shows, particularly because our aesthetics have aligned on a lot of these productions. And so on like a, like a typical large film, what might happen is Stefan might set the look and then I'll go through and color the entire film. But then there are other situations where Stefan and I will have a shorthand for what the aesthetic, what that might want to be. And I'll go through color it and he'll go through and back over and revise the aesthetic. And then there are other productions like Bad Boys where I'm sitting with the DP and he and I are collaborating it based on the look Stefan set with the Bad Boys franchise. That's crazy. That's something I've just never really thought about, like multiple colors working together on one project. So cool to hear about yeah. that workflow. And there must be big egos, right? With these seasoned directors and cinematographers who are, who are some of the best in the world. How do you yeah. manage that? <laughs> you know, some of their ideas may not work the best. And you might, I've been with you where you feel strongly about something and you bring something yeah. to the table that's impressive. How do you balance those conversations with these <laughs> world-class creatives? You've just hit the nail on the head. What you're describing right now is the center art form of color correction. Working with conflicting ideas and bringing out the best in a project, never just splitting the difference, finding ways to run a room, that's the art that takes a lifetime to master. And so to kind of walk you through a little bit of how I might do this, and then I'll talk a little bit about how creatives can come into the room and get the most out of a colorist. I'll start with how I might first do it. Yeah. So project comes in, let's say I don't know the creative, so I don't have any preconceived notion of how they might like to work. I'll always start the session by walking them through what I think this session should look like. You know, great to meet you, make the pleasantries. How should this session look? Let me first do this. And I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you that way you're not sitting back, scratching your head, looking at the clock, wondering if we're going to get through this and what the future of this session is going to look like. You're not going to be wondering anything. You're only going to be thinking about the actual work that we're doing together. So I'll start by saying, let me do this. Let me watch the film with sound, film, music video. It doesn't matter. I have to watch it with sound, get a sense for the aesthetic, get a sense for the production. That way I have started having ideas that are going to best support what you're after. And then before I utter a single thought, I'll let the creatives talk to me. I'll let them share their thoughts, their concerns, their ideas. A lot of these ideas will not be well considered or the, the, the language that they might use will be sloppy. They'll be stumbling through their ideas. And if I give them a platform to really wrestle through communicating their ideas, all of this sets the stage to a successful collaboration. So to give you an example, if you and I, Nick, are working on a commercial and we have three hours on the commercial, sometimes up to a third of the session, 
we're just talking and it's happening up front. And the reason it happens up front is twofold. First thing it does is it aligns our aesthetics. It gives you a chance to communicate idea, your ideas. It gives me a chance to communicate my ideas through the lens of your objective. And then if I can set that foundation where our language is aligned, now I can go into the color correction without, without fear of doing something that's too radical, without fear of doing something that you might disagree with. Because I've already established that you're welcome to disagree. Is there a person that you'd consider sort of like your key collaborator in a session? Are you usually having directors and DPs in your sessions? Are you getting feedback from executive producers or someone that's less creatively inclined? And how do you manage all that feedback? What's that group look like on features versus, let's say, music videos or commercials? Right, right. That's a good question. And you do see a lot of variation between the kinds of creatives that I'm collaborating with as you cross these different industries. So in a studio environment, the studio is running the show, right? Unless you've got some big auteur director, more often than not, the director's there, but ultimately we're making sure that the studio is excited about the aesthetic of the film. DPs are included far more in the feature world than they are in the commercial world. Frustratingly, the DPs are not included as often as they probably could be in the commercial world. And then when you talk about music videos, it's somewhere in between where I might be working with just the director. I might be working with the DP. There have been productions where I'm only working with the artist and no one else comes in. One of the other questions I had for you is, I think you're so fortunate that you sit in this building that I feel like I'm in the future sometimes when you guys are talking about direct pipelines to London and all this amazing technology and powerful computers you guys have. What's the future and progression of the tech side look like with color? Any fun things that you've yeah. gotten out that we should expect to see more of? I have to tread tread lightly. I'll tell you what I can tell you. How to put that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this one is something that will possibly never come out. The first one is called CLED. Okay, you, everyone's heard of LED. Many people have heard of OLED. Fewer people, but not no one, has heard of CLED. And what CLED is, is it's a new technology that we have in one of our theaters right now, where it's a giant wall, it's a giant 4K wall. And do you know what it's a lot like? It's a lot like the Apple store. If you have been to one of these remodeled Apple stores that has this giant HDR wall, and it's HDR, it's P3, it's Rec. 709, it's got all the bells and whistles, but this is a potential solution for theaters in the future. Maybe this will make sense for theaters. Maybe this won't make sense, but it's something that we are at the bleeding edge experimenting with. It can go 4K, 8K, and it looks amazing. It looks beautiful. And the advantages for the theaters are they don't have to replace bulbs that keep burning out. And the advantage for the filmmakers and the audience is that they don't have to be at the mercy of theaters dimming their bulbs, dimming their movies, changing the color correction in the spirit of saving the lifetime of these bulbs. That's a big deal in the features world. So better screens, better feature distribution quality, that's really good for filmmakers and it's good for theaters alike. Let me talk about one more technology. Let's do it. And that one is AI in color correction. Something that was demonstrated to me coming out of a flame was something that looked just like content aware for Photoshop, but rather than using content aware's approach of observing color contrast or value contrast, this thing, you could tell it 
pick a person and you could just click on the person and sure as hell, it rotoed the person for you. It actually has done it in a way just like how machine learning works, where if you show a neural net uh, 100,000 photos of faces, eventually the machine learning algorithm can go ahead and learn and identify faces on its own. Well, this is true for now trees and skies and people and everything. And so I've seen examples where it's been able to select people who are running with motion blur and just select them with perfect maths. Of course, I'm sure those demonstrations only show me when the technology works perfectly. But what it has demonstrated is that we are moving towards a future where roto work won't be something that will keep us from exploring our creativity as often. Roto work's not going anywhere. But if we go ahead and grab onto tools that can help us make creative choices more easily, that means that our art will go ahead and have more tools. This is a great thing for filmmakers. And I'm excited to see where the next two years, three years will show for color correction. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the Roto game in general, even in some of the new Adobe platforms, like really elementary stuff with auto tracking just blows my mind. It's on yeah, such well, a- Not only the tracking, but the kind of the sticky Roto. But this is a whole other technology. It really is. You don't, there's no like help, you know, you tell it generally where you want to select and it'll go ahead and find it. No, no, no. You tell it what it is. You type in H-O-R-S-E and it will find a horse. <laughs> you don't have to tell it where the horse is or what the horse color is. No, no, no. You just type in the word. That's how crazy this stuff is. It's really wild. Crazy. One other question that I think would be nice to close it off too would be, you know, at this point, at least in the commercial world, like everyone I know knows of you as a colorist. You're like one of the guys at company three. And at at a certain point that becomes like an intimidating person to try to collaborate with, like how does someone at this stage in your career get to work with you? Do you just call 1-800-COMPANY-3 and ask for Brian Smaller? Do you need a personal relationship? And what other type of people are you trying to work with? If anyone's listening and would like to work with you someday, what does that process look like? Sure. It's a great question. I appreciate you asking it. Hit me up on Instagram. That's the best way to first reach out to me. I might say something along the lines of, thanks for reaching out and reach out to my producer, but don't dismiss that as my way of dismissing you. What gets me excited about what I do is my chance to build and contribute to your career and to your aesthetic as a filmmaker. So my scope and my enthusiasm isn't for one particular project. It's not for this project's too small and this project's, you know, not consistent with my aesthetic. No, no, no. It's I'm excited about filmmakers. So if you're a small filmmaker with a big ideas, that's who I want to be working with. If you're working on a small music video, but you've got a bold idea, call me. Just message me on Instagram. Those are the kinds of things that I want to do. I want to contribute to you and to your career and to your progress and to your vision. Hell yeah, man. Well, don't be surprised if you have a flooded inbox after this launches. Awesome. Well, Brian, it's been so great talking to you. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Can't wait to work with you in person again yeah. <laughs> once COVID cools out a little bit. And uh, yeah, man, thanks again. And add me on Instagram, at Brian Smaller. No dash. Brian with a Y. B-R-Y-A-N-S-M-A-L-L-E-R. Thank you so much, Nick. Yeah, sounds good, Brian. We'll talk to you soon, man. Sounds good, dude. Talk soon. To see Brian's work and to find more episodes, visit us at steppedstudios.com slash podcast. See you next time on Real Drive.